This is Circuitous Conversations with Bill and Dan, episode 30. Number 30. 30, yeah, for Monday, March 28th, 2011. That's triente in Spanish, right? Triente? What is? I think so. 30? No. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Vente, uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, seis. I don't know. I think it's... Triente, maybe. Triente. Uh, Yeah. So, Dan, I I bought an iPad last week, which, you know, you know very well. I do. I was... uh, You were there. I was party to this purchase. Yeah. Uh, After a few hours, I gave it a 6.5 out of 10. Oh, as far as your rating is concerned? Yes. Uh Uh-huh. That's not a very good rating. It's now going down to at least a 6. Oh, no. I don't get this thing. Okay. What's wrong? Uh, Why don't, what do you mean you don't get it? There's nothing wrong with it. I just don't understand what's so right about it. Oh. Okay. You know? I mean, it, it, it's fine. It, you can browse the web. You can look at RSS feeds and Flipboard. You can Twitter. Mm-hmm. But it's all things that I could do much more efficiently on a laptop, mm-hmm. which I already own, mm-hmm. that I actually have a keyboard on. Right. Well, why did you buy it then? Because everyone says it's the best thing since sliced bread. Mm. And that, you know, you will only realize it once you get to use it. Really? Uh, I don't I, get it. I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I get that. Um, uh, yeah, you, I, you don't hear other people saying that or you? No, no. I, I, I mean, you hear people saying that about all kinds of stuff. But, you know, I don't know about you. But when somebody says that something is super cool, the first thing I think about is like, well... Um, how would I use this? You know, like the right. first the first thing I, I do is I, I I you know I listen to them and I I kind of put myself in that position and I well the first thing is like well do I might do I see myself do, doing the thing that that person is doing like for example um, I use this for all of my uh, note taking or or it's a great place for me to do all of my movie watching or right. blah 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 and it's like well. Okay, I, I you know I do those sorts of things too, but first of all, I already have a, a way of doing that that isn't really broken or isn't really unsatisfying to me. And you know, thinking about it even closer, that way doesn't really appeal to me. It doesn't. It yeah. doesn't really seem like it would be better. Well, even for the movie thing, I guess yeah. If you watch a lot of Netflix, that's great. Maybe I, I mean I just you pay for it, but downloading stuff you can't watch anything on it unless you transcode it. Well, yeah, and I, I was just using those examples extremely arbitrarily. No, just, but just, they're they're good examples because that's what people do with it. You know, yeah. I, I was thinking, oh, I can bring this to the gym because the uh, the elliptical machines have screens in them, but the screens are terrible, mm. and they can play video off your iPod, but it really looks like ass. You know, mm. mm-hmm. so I thought, okay, I can bring the, I can download shit, and I can dump it on this thing, mm-hmm. bring it to the gym, and watch it. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, no, you have to transcode everything. And it's like, are you kidding me? This thing's like this little mini computer. You can't play a DivX file. Well, there's there's your, you know, there's your rub right there. It's like you're, you're, you're assuming that the general consumer, um, you know, is, is going to be doing that. And that's not, that's not actually the case. I would, okay, I, yeah, I, but I would they've say sold 15 million of these things. There isn't right. a community of people who are using these in that way. No, there isn't, dude. You are in a minority. <laughs> I'm, it is sorry. Like it, I'm sorry. I'm well, sorry to they, say. Apparently, VLC was out for the iPhone, and then they removed it because I, it's open yeah. source. I, I I hadn't heard that, but I believe you. Yeah, because um, Claude's got it on his phone. Here's here's what you, you have to understand, and I'm sure you know this already, but I'll say it for argument's sake. Um, yes. The, the, the target audience here um, isn't necessarily folks like you and me. It's, you know, it's... It's it's people who who look at a computer, uh, you know, a regular desktop computer or a laptop as too complicated as okay. as, no, as, that's as true, not having. There are know, plenty of people that both you and I respect to sing the praises of this thing. You know, sure. Andy Anotko loves his, and I'm yeah. sure Gruber loves his, and sure that guy on the hyper critical. John sure, Syracuse, yeah, yeah. I'm sure he loves. You know. Uh-huh. I just, it, I'm just, I'm surprised. And, you know, the keyboard, it's a right. pain in the ass even to type in URLs. Yeah. yeah well, I don't know how people are like, oh, I write articles on this thing. I was like, what the well, hell are you talking about? Well, some people, I, I don't think that people who write articles are using the on-screen keyboard, dude. I think they're using external Bluetooth So basically keyboards. they're using it as a laptop. 
Well, if if you pair it up with the, with the Apple, I'm sure you've seen the the Apple yeah, Bluetooth keyboard. Yeah, you can do it with the Bluetooth. Yeah, the but little you can one. also apparently. I mean, even if you have stuff, you say you dump it in your Dropbox, and then there's a lot of apps that can get stuff out of your Dropbox. Uh huh. But even then, most of them basically make a copy of it out of your Dropbox, and then you need to re-export it back into your Dropbox under a different name. Hmm. Like the whole thing is like so kludgy and like I don't know how anybody like my mother would ever figure this stuff out, you know? Yeah, but your fo- folks like your mother wouldn't be using it in that capacity. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. Here's, I just, here's the thing, man. You have I was to, expecting you have to it sort to be of, more mature. It's not very no, mature. No, it's dude. It's a version 2.0 product. I mean, what think think of one version 2.0 product that you've been like super thrilled with? I can't really make that. I, that'd, it, that'd be a short list for me. I don't know about you. It just amazes me that people are standing in line at five in the morning for this thing. Well, they're pretty cool, man. They've got some really cool things going for them, you know? Tell, um, tell me what I don't know about this thing that I should know about it. No, that, that's not it. That's not it at all. I mean, what, what, what you don't know is, or what you didn't know is that uh, it didn't really solve any problems that you had, you know? I mean, that's that's the long and the short of it. Um, that Now, that, that, that said, there might be one or two really cool killer applications uh, not necessarily pieces of software, but you know ways of using it sure. um, that you haven't discovered yet. Um, I mean, uh, let me put it to you this way: one, one of the, I have, uh, it's coincidentally, I also happened to get my hands on an iPad recently. Uh, not right. a, not a new one, mind you, um, an older first generation one. Um, and and it's funny because I you know obviously have been well aware of the iPad and its its abilities and the buzz and what have you since it's come out. And I've even helped a handful of people, uh, you know, get them for the first time and set them Procure up. Procure them. My mother in- included. My mother actually has, um, I would say, rather successfully um, transitioned into being a, a fully-fledged iPad user um, from a laptop user, although she, she still prefers her laptop for, you know, for intensive emailing and typing and stuff like that, um, just because, you know, I think that's more of a familiarity thing because she's, uh, you know, she learned on on Microsoft Entourage, of all things, but this is like, you know, six or seven years ago when that sure. was what everyone was using. Um, but she gets it. I mean, she, she you know, and she what she loves about it is, is the thing weighs less than two pounds, and she can just stick it in her bag, and she has access to all her stuff right there in her bag. And does then, she have a smartphone? Uh, no, she does not. She does not. She has a feature. I think phone. it would be much more useful for somebody who didn't have a smartphone. Yeah. Well, again, now we're kind of talking about the target audience for this product. You know, it's, it's, you know, think of, have you messed around with the, the photos app, the iPhoto or player or whatever it is? Uh, iPhoto or which not photo, one? The, the little sunflower, the photo album app. Oh, in, in there. like the regular one that's built. Yeah. In. Yeah. You yeah. gotta you gotta give them props. I mean, that's a pretty well designed piece of software. And yeah, but it's the same as, as the one on the iPhone, right? But it's like seven times bigger. You know, it's and it's yeah, but it's actually really cool. not that much bigger. It's, it's like a hundred pixels in each direction bigger. <laughs> but it's still it, it's no, it's still bigger. I think it's big enough to make uh, an, an impact. Like showing someone showing showing someone photos on your phone uh, doesn't have the same impact that showing. Uh, someone photos on an iPad does. Uh, you can't. I mean, you can get like two or three people to crowd around your iPhone, and 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 they can see the pictures. But they're they're little, dude. They're yeah, you little. know, it's interesting though. I mean, just to your point that you, as far as I know, iTunes is always going to down res your photos. Is that correct? Yeah. It, it it basically. Well, it's not. It's not quite iTunes, but it's iPhoto working with iTunes. Uh, the way obviously the Wait, way I don't even have iPhoto installed, and it was down resing my pictures. Well, then you, what did you just point it to a specific I folder? I pointed to a folder. Okay, it, well, then, yeah, I guess iTunes does it now. But it's but. funny because I had already shrunk them down to, say, 1,500 pixels or something. Yeah, yeah well, I, iTunes has a sort of optimiz- optimization right. routine that it runs on. It would be very useful if you could turn that off because then you could zoom into pictures. Because as it is, yeah. you zoom into pictures and they just become blurry blobs, you know? Yeah, I don't know if it can do that. Um, there might be alternative photo viewing Well, apps there are a bunch there. of portfolio, quote-unquote, apps yeah. on there. Yeah. Um, many of which are either a incredibly ugly. Yeah. <laughs> like the the UIs are like really. Yeah. Uh, or b everyone says they just crash like crazy. Yeah. Well. Um, anyway, my, my point is now we're sort of getting off the path again of of the you know intended use 
Um, and and I think that you know again the target okay, yeah, audience. But how many photographers do you know who have bought these things? Um, me personally, not not too many. But I, I mean, let me let me ask you this: how many how many wedding photographers do you think have bundled these in as as takeaways as as you know part of their deliverable package? It's an expensive uh, deliverable package, I, but yeah, I, I'm telling you, they're out there, dude. They're out there. And how many people? I mean, you're reading these. You read, I'm sure you read some of the same uh, blogs and, and stuff on the internet that I do, and people are constantly looking for that next little thing, that next little gimmick, that edge, that thing that'll that'll get their 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 audience to pay closer attention to them. And sometimes now people are actually considering sending an iPad with their portfolio as opposed to a book full sure. of prints or whatever. And you know, I mean, I I can I can dig that. I can see how. In the right context, in the right audience, that that would make a difference. That would get someone to look at yours over the you know two hundred other boxes that are sitting in front of them. You yeah, because people want to. Well, pick that's that thing one of the other reasons it. I bought it was to try stuff like that. But okay. I don't, I don't think my, I don't think my pictures look fine on it. But yeah. they're a thousand pixels across. It's the same size. I have them on my website essentially. No, I, I know, but, but people. So it's kind of like okay, well. I don't know. It's just very yeah, odd. I hear you. I hear you. And again, you just got to understand that it's it's not um, it's not. I don't think it's extremely uh, mature. <laughs> by, I, by I any, was expecting by more. I guess is what I'm yeah, saying. Well, you know, it's it's it still has a long way to go, man. I mean, it my, my let's if you want to really get into it, my my, my issues are are it still has some of the same. Uh, shortcomings as the iPhone and the iPod uh, iPod Touch, as far oh, as the okay, iOS is concerned, the notifications and crap. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, turned them all, all that's all that stuff. I mean, yeah. it's just it still has a little bit of uh, of developing to do, you know, before it becomes. It's uh, you know, super I, it's good. funny because I've been using Android for the past I don't know year and a half now. Mm-hmm. Um, not really using an iPhone, and a lot of things have improved on the iOS side mm-hmm. since then. Sure. And I came back kind of expecting because I had a little bit of a grass is greener thing yeah. going on. And coming back to iOS, it's kind of make me rethink getting an iPhone next time, which is what I was planning on doing. Well, it's I just mean, kind of like, huh. I don't know. I think I think the the other thing you have to also sort of factor into your your uh, your consideration is that, in especially as far as iOS products are concerned, uh, yeah. is that a lot of the problems, quote unquote problems, issues that, that, you know, you and other people are having, uh, can really be boiled down to software. Um, and I think that's kind of significant because, you know, you, you've got this, this little box in your pocket or on your desk or whatever. And right now it might not be particularly compelling or it might not solve the problem that you have, or it might do something in a way that you don't particularly care for, but it's reasonable to assume that in a certain amount of time, maybe a month, maybe a year, uh, that issue will be resolved, and yeah. you don't have to spend any money on it. You no, just have to kind of wait it out. Well, assuming Apple actually allows older things to update that are more than six months old. <laughs> well, look at the history, dude. I mean, Apple doesn't do that. I mean, generally, Apple cuts the cord on two old years. legacy products. That's when they cut the, the cord. At the really, at the absolute earliest, it's usually two. It's it's usually closer to three years. Yeah. Um, and it's, and I think that's that's reasonable. You know, what, three years you know, is is I'll more than though, enough time. It, I mean, software is an issue. Um. The fact that everything costs money in the there's not a lot of free stuff in the app store. We're on Android. There's a lot of free stuff in the app store, okay. um, and there's no way to try things out before you buy. Yeah, don't and there's no way to return. So it's kind of no, like I'm I not know. spending fifteen dollars no, on an app that I don't know that's going to be any good. You know, it's true. That that's um, a, that's another one of my number one issues. And that's these are not new issues, man. These are issues that have been around. No, for and a really it's funny because like on Android. Uh, if you bought an app and then you delete it from your phone within 24 hours, they give you your money back. Yeah, that's, that's nice. Which seems like kind of a no-brainer, yeah. you know, or something like that. Give you yeah. 15 minutes, give you two hours, you know. Yeah, yeah, sure. Because um, you can't try things out. That's that's one thing. And it's like I'm not. I spent $600 on this thing. Right. To then go and have to spend $200 to make it do anything interesting. You right. know, it's like no, um, yeah, there's that. And then, uh, you know, honestly, holding it, and manipulate like holding it with one hand while tapping with the other, or holding it with both hands and tapping with your thumbs. Yeah, it's it's a it's not the most ergonomically good way of doing things. It's like it almost seems like tablet interfaces seem like a better idea than they actually are in reality. I do honestly, man. I've never really saw the appeal of a tablet I mean, for me for me in the way that I work. Now there 
that all come said, on now there were other episodes of this podcast where you were singing the praises of the ipad i'm not i'm not i dude i'm not saying it's bad i'm saying it's not the right tool for me okay um if i were i mean i could name you uh, probably a dozen people in situations where the ipad is perfect you know it's a great fit um, look at look at the whole medical scene for a second. I mean, I don't know if you remember the the Newton uh, or you know which was then succeeded by like you know pocket PCs and uh, and and even Palm. Uh, yeah, there, but there's, doctors there's like whole, to write, not type. No, no, but that's not entirely true. Man, they like to they, they while they like to write, they they like to have access to a bunch of stuff. You know, they like to be connected to their hospital's network. They like to be able to yeah. show and tell. You know, to be able to, to track records and stuff like that. And if you look at a, a device like the iPad, it, you know, it, it's 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 almost – I mean, I don't know. It makes a lot more sense to me because it's more like a clipboard where you can actually show somebody a picture of something. Because just imagine trying to show someone a, a diagram or, or an X-ray or some sort of a chart on a screen the size of you know a, a traditional smartphone. It's just too damn small. No, of course. But, you know? but I also don't know that the iPad is up to, say, the security standards of medical records. Well, I know that there are people out there using them for it. I mean, there's a, there's a huge medical uh, yeah, that scares scene. Me. My well, sister just bought one last week. Uh, to an use iPad? an iPad to use yeah. uh, when she's collecting data at museums because she does a lot of stuff where she basically gives interviews and then people have to give responses and then she has to collate all this information. They used to do it on paper. Sure. Um, but she bought one to give it a shot doing like forms and stuff on it. I don't uh-huh. know how well it's going to work, but you know, she's going to give it a shot. Yeah. No, I know that, but all of that is the same people that could have used a tablet PC for the past 10 years, right? Yeah, but that, but that, again, that's a tablet PC that's not running the iOS or, or any sort of a user-friendly... In uh, fact, that or, was one of the places that tablet PC actually did take off was in the medical world. Right. It was, it was one of the few decent. the few markets that really you know embraced it. It's true. I don't know. I, I, I guess I was just expecting more. Like uh, The more I use it, the more I'm like waiting for like that thing to go, oh, wow, that's amazing. Like I, was, mm. I think I was talking to you the other day... Mm. Saying using a remote along with iTunes and all lossless music, mm-hmm. streaming through my airport extreme, uh, so I could sit basically in the sweet spot of my stereo and listen to anything in my library. Sure. That's cool. Yeah. But again, I mean, it, it, it's not that different. It, it's bigger, so you get more information, but it's essentially the same interface you'd have on an iPhone doing the same thing. Right. Um, I mean, I, was, I don't know if I showed you that that little thing I found the other day about the the using it as a remote for tethering, you yep. know, in a photography concept uh, or context, I think that's a really slick uh, way of putting it to it's use. Pretty as serious far as, delay, though. No, no, it depends on the speed of your network, I suppose. Um, but I mean, when used with Capture One, Capture One has a new, the latest version of Capture One, version six, um, has a nifty feature called the the Pilot Capture One right. Pilot, um, which is a free app download from the App Store, and when you turn it on and you set it up properly. You can use any I.O. device, and you can have a number of them, as I understand it. So you can have, like, an iPhone or two or three iPads or whatever. Right. Uh, and they can all basically, uh, t- you know, chain themselves or, or join the Capture One, um, you know, session, uh, the Capture One computer's network um, and session. And then they can they can view the files as they are captured, as they are, as they are imported. Uh, and then on top of that, which is even cooler, in a sort of client scenario, like let's say you're you know you're shooting and your client's sitting over there on the couch or you know around the corner or whatever, um, they can interact with your shots and they can rate them. You know you can do star right. ratings and and color labels and stuff. But like again, that, that's very is, niche stuff. Uh, it's agreed. I mean, it's it's kind of a, a niche product, man. I mean, and the other the other huge scene that we didn't really talk about that doesn't really I don't think it really appeals to either up either of us uh, is games dude there there are some seriously yeah. cool games out there that people are just bonkers over for, for this platform yeah um, which you know you can't you can't rule that out I mean there's some people that I mean it, it makes a lot of sense I mean it's it's a it's a whole new uh, way of, of designing stuff the whole touch yeah. the whole touch concept is is still really fresh you know, you know I uh, I've installed Kindle and I did some reading. By the way, the Kindle app is much better than the iBooks app, and that's that's another thing, man. People, the, I'm I'm not a, you know me. I'm not a, I'm not a book reader. I don't right. read books. Um, the, I, we could say the same thing about the Kindle. You know, right. I'm, I'm not well, saying no, the Kindle. Here, that's the thing. I was the distinction I was going to make. First of all, the Kindle app is much better than the iBooks app. The whole iBooks app with like you could see the edge of the pages on the side yeah. as if it's like a virtual real book. Yeah, it's no, just like whatever. Come on. I mean, that's they're just having fun. Move on, but, guys. But the but the point is is you know people are using it. 
as as a reader type yeah. you know as a, as a and i actually you know i am a i i i'm not like a heavy reader um but i have given instapaper a shot and what i'll do is when i encounter a just you know something that's going to take me more than 5 minutes to read yep. um at my desk cuz you know my my, my general day to day uh i i live in google reader uh very seldom do i actually leave reader to go to actual websites to read stuff so what'll happen you know and i've got just you know, jillions of, of feeds and, and articles that uh, that I just cruise past. Uh, so what I'll do is I'll, 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 you know, I'll find something, and then if I like it, um, and I know I want to read it later, the first thing I'll do is I'll star it okay. in, in Google Reader so that I can come back to it if I need to. Um, but sometimes... If I know I want to, I'm going to really want to spend some time with it or it's really long. Like it's going to be like a, a 10 or a 15 or who knows how long uh, it's going to take. Um, I'll actually go to the, you know, I'll click through to the uh, the actual page itself and then I'll instapaper it. Uh, and then I will download it um, to either my phone. Uh, well, it, it, you know, I'll almost always do it to my phone. And now recently I'll, I'll, uh, I'll do it to the iPad as well. Not that do you I actually the use the around. instapaper app because that costs money, right? Yeah, I actually bought it. It was on, it went on sale one day and I just got it for cheap. So okay, yeah. Uh, um, but um, yeah, that's a really handy no, way to do it. That is cool. It's it's. I've noticed it was weird. Like I I um I was playing with the TED app, the the videos. Yeah. Uh huh. And there's a thing and it says save for later, and it's a it basically saves that article that video for offline use. Uh-huh. So I clicked that and then I turned off Wi-Fi and I tried to play it and it said you need to be online. And <laughs> I was like, what is? Yeah. You know, yeah, that's not it's really... Like, there's so many things that... That's the other thing. There's a lot of these reader apps yeah. still require you to have a uh, Instapaper doesn't do that. I mean, Instapaper needs the initial connection to get the to get the pictures in the crowd. So it basically, it down. updates when? Like, do you when set you it launch for... T- it. Exactly. it updates when you launch it. Okay, so if you launch it before you leave the house, then you go yep. get on the subway. It's all yep. on there when you're on the subway. Yep, exactly. Because I've had it, that problem with a number of reader apps on both Android and iOS. Well, I can tell you that's... That's Where they the say they're they're works. offline, then you go try to use them offline, and it's like don't have a connection. It's like I shouldn't need a connection. Yeah, I asked well, you to download the damn article. That's the whole point. You know. Hey, I, I, I agree. Anyway, just retarded. go back real quick. Is yeah. that we actually own a Kindle? And uh-huh. let me tell you something. As far as reading is concerned, I'll take the Kindle over the iPad any day of the week. Okay. Just like staring at an LCD screen versus staring at the e-ink. Yeah. Is like it's like staring at a computer screen or staring at a book. Okay. You know. Um, I hear you. Just I was I like I kind of wanted it. I turned down the 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 brightness. I changed the. You can change it to like a sepia look, and you know you can do all kinds of things to try to make it less harsh. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, just interesting stuff. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's it's neat. It's like it's neat if you step back and think all this the amount of computing power and whatnot that you can fit into something that small. Very impressive. Yeah. Um, I, I, like I said, it doesn't, it doesn't really solve any specific problem that I have. Uh, I'm not ready to write it off yet. Um, I could see it. I look at it as a potentially cool companion, um, for traveling as opposed to a computer. Like I'm, I'm, I'm never going to, the reality is I'm never going to not have my phone on me. You know, I'm pretty much always going to have my iPhone with me. Uh, and the fact that this thing does a lot of the same stuff that my iPhone does, yeah. uh, it makes it a little bit harder for me to, to justify it. In reality, if I were, you know, if I were going to be doing a lot more traveling, um, or if, you know, if one thing led to another, I could see myself being more of an 11 inch MacBook Air. Yeah, I was going to say that is a much um, more usable thing. Just, to me. But that's just because you know I I'm an old school, long time um, you know Macintosh user, and I you know it, having a baby Macintosh that can do a lot of the same stuff I do on a on a well, normal desktop yeah. would be extremely useful. But again, that's just me. I'm I'm special. I'm different than the average person. You know, look at look at folks like my mom or your mom or your sister or whatever folks who might not be as as attached to uh, a desktop or who don't have the same deep, yeah. you know, habits, um, they can make a, a, a break, you know, they can make a, a, a change and, and then they could adapt to using this thing. And again, remember a lot of people don't, don't care about like managing files and, and, no, I know and that. stuff like I, that just, the same way that we do. Simple stuff like reading websites. I didn't find it an improve. I found it a, a, a deprovement <laughs> over reading yeah. it in a real web browser. Uh, yeah, and and a lot of times I think you're right. Um especially, you know, just just because you know, there's so much crap going on on the web these days. But I think it's trending. I really do think within the next year or two that's going to be a different story. Um and uh you know, 
and, and just to kind of put this into perspective here, let's look let's look at the the big picture for a second. And I think it's safe to say that you know there so, some people seem to be digging this whole tablet thing to the yep. extent that like how many people have jumped on the tablet train right now? How many people yeah. are like s- struggling, you know, fiercely to try and to try I and sort of keep up? I just wonder if some sort of mass psychosis. Like everyone, it's like it's really good marketing. I wonder if that's I, I don't know, man. It's it's a pretty expensive piece of marketing. If that's the case, man, that's well, a lot of money that people are just sort of arbitrarily they are spending. Apple after all. <laughs> I'm just you know, I guess whatever. I mean, people. I don't know. The, the, the Apple sort of gets uh, gets a bum rap in in, in a lot of people's uh, opinion, but because they know how to, they're masters of economy. You know, masters yeah. of supply and demand. Uh, it, it, if nobody if nobody wanted it, uh, they wouldn't buy it. You mean like <laughs> you know? uh, like the cube or ping or yeah, any? exactly. I mean, let me don't tell get you me something. Wrong. The smart cover really neat. How it turns it on and off like that. Yeah, magnets. But, uh, but uh, overall, I'm I'm down on the smart cover. There's no, first of all, you roll it around the back, and there's nowhere really to put it because it doesn't stick to the back. So, it, like, unless you're holding it against the back, mm-hmm. it just flips right off of the back. Mm-hmm. And I've had it f- pull off a number of times where it came off in such a way that I almost dropped the whole iPad. Oh boy! Because of the way it popped off, you know. Yeah. Um. And it doesn't cover the back at all, of course. So it's like you know, you put it down on a table, you got to worry about scratching the thing. Hmm. I, I ended up putting it down face down with the I, I put the smart cover on and then I put it face down. That's a good idea. Um, anyway, it's just like I, yeah, revolutionary. I don't know. It's just it's fine. It's just it's not for you. That's yeah, all. I don't know if it's for me. Yeah, I mean, and, and then no and one can I'm argue. I'm kind of that. disappointed by that. Well, I have to be honest. Sorry, anyway, buddy. sorry. <laughs> you you had some ideas of things to talk about. Well, I was gonna. Yeah, this might be a segue. Um, let's. Uh, one thing we we, we sort of talked about talking about uh way way back when was uh our favorite things okay um some some of our favorite things um and so so now that we've established that the ipad is not not one of my one of your favorite things (laughs) uh maybe we can pick out something that is one of your favorite things and why okay are we talking Um, technology whatever anything you want all right well why don't you start okay um uh, actually, yeah. The, one of the reasons I brought this up is because uh, recently um, some friends of mine from um, a company I used to work for called Control Group, they uh, started this website called Fav and Co., which is, you know, F-A-V right. ampersand C-O, uh, which I guess is like favorites and company or something like that. And uh, their idea was this sort of, uh, I think they use the word friend sourcing Okay, um, which is um, you know yet another terrific industry buzzword, uh, but it's 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 a good idea. Uh, it's basically the what concept cameras is like, everyone I know and everyone they know use. Yeah, it's like I'm like, looking for one of these things, and and what yeah. what do people think? You know, maybe maybe someone wrote about this, or maybe maybe someone I know or someone I someone I know knows has had some experience with one of these things that I can read about real quick before um, going out and spending the money. And, and Neat you idea. know, yeah, it's not bad. Um, so I, you know, it's been around for a couple of months, and I saw it when it first came out. And then um, one of the guys actually, you know, contacted me directly and asked me if I would be willing to participate. And then, you know, so I said sure, and I thought about it. And you know, then I started making a list of things that I would, you know, honestly, truly uh, endorse as as you know, favorite things of mine. So um, the first thing you know that just popped into my head, just because I was using it a second ago at the time, you know, and I, I do actually use this pretty darn regularly. Uh, it was uh, the Dropbox service. Um, Can't go wrong with which, Dropbox. Which you and I use for this very podcast. Do you pay for it? Um, I, I actually don't. I've gotten lucky enough to have referred enough people to have a pretty decent amount of storage. Because every time you refer someone, you get right. uh, a little 250 megabyte bump. Um, De- define define enough storage. Uh, I have six gigabytes. Okay. Um, right now, which is kind of cool. I'm actually a Dropbox subscriber uh-huh so i have a 50 gigabyte or actually it's more than that now right because i get extra i don't know how much do i get let's see right, anyway i get 51.63 oh cool good for you interestingly um, enough go ahead yeah. anyway it, it, so anyway i just i wrote up this little um you know quick blurb about it and um i, I would guess that most of the people that listen to us know about it already um, so I'm not going to get into details about nope. why it's very why it's useful. So cool. Interestingly enough, uh, Dropbox gets mentioned 
every single episode of any sort of Mac podcast I've listened to in the past couple weeks since building this Hackintosh. Well, I, I don't doubt it. It seems it's... like everyone on a Mac, any like power user, it's like their ideal thing. And all of them keep saying that Apple should buy it. Nah, it's not going to happen. I think that's a bad idea. That's not going to happen. First of all, because like it's much more useful because you can connect to anything on it. Yeah. Apple buys things and shuts them down or, or you know, makes well, them yeah. Apple that, only. It's like, I don't want them to do that. No, no, I don't think it's going to happen. That's, uh, don't worry about that. Yeah, anyway. But anyway, that's that's one Dropbox example. Pro. Yeah, so big big thumbs up on the Dropbox. Hey, have you ever uh, gone online and reverted to a previous version of a file in Dropbox? Mm-hmm. I have. You have. And mm-hmm. how does it work? Does it, like, give you a list of the previous files that you can... It gives you basically a uh, a list of the yeah previous states, if you will, um, and then when you oh, restore yeah, previous it, versions, look at yeah, that, yeah, and then uh, and then I think it actually renames it too. I think it gives you the option of of you don't get to replace the version that's in there. I think it gives you a fresh version with a with like a, a tag or a label or you know a slightly different name. How far back does it go? Um, I think with the free version it's thirty days, and I think with the paid version it's unlimited. That's weird. I think. Okay. That's interesting and handy. Yeah, for sure. I actually, you know what I use it for is, is for the, the, there's one shortcoming uh, uh, of Dropbox, uh, which I mentioned in my little review. And that is when you're collaborating with people, when you're doing a shared folder situation, let's say, you know, one, for example, uh, it's very useful for bands. So as you know, I play, I play uh, in a few different musical uh, bands projects, and we use that all the time for uh, sharing files. So like, let's say, um, you know, let, let's learn these five songs, right? So, so that you know, there's four or five people who dump are, MP3s in a folder. It gets exactly, everybody. dump them exactly. So, so for a lot of people, your first inclination when you um, when, when you know when you, when you get a new file, you know, you get the little either you get the, if you're sitting at your computer when it happens, you get a little growl alert, or if you if you subscribe to the RSS feed, you see it in your in your reader, or you know, you could just go into the Finder and oh, look at that, you know, this, there's been some stuff added. There's any number of ways of of discovering the new stuff. Uh, and then you go to you go to the folder and you want to use it, and so you you know what do you do? You drag it out of that folder, and maybe you drag it to your desktop, or you drag it to your you know documents folder, or, or your project folder, or whatever. But as, as soon as you remove that folder, as soon as you move that file from the Dropbox folder, uh, Dropbox interprets that as you removing it from Dropbox. Uh, yeah. Even whether whether you deleted it or not, as far as Dropbox is concerned, it's gone. And so that change that you've just made, that moving it out, propagates um, exactly. And then it happens on everybody's computer. So, so if if you know if if they weren't fast enough to to make their own copy, uh, they lose it. So so what I've done in the past is I've actually gone onto the website and undeleted you know f- uh, files that have been then inadvertently removed by uh, less than knowledgeable. Uh, co-sharers of folders. Now, have you? Uh, can you move? Let's say you and I have a folder linked. Uh-huh. Can I move that folder within the Dropbox and still have the linkage stay? As far as I, as far as I know, yeah. I've never. Actually I'm just tried thinking that. because there are times when you know everyone creates all these shared folders in the root of the Dropbox, and it's just a big mess. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it would be nice to just throw those in a shared folder inside of. You know what I mean? Like in yeah. a folder called. No, I hear that. I hear that. There's also another weird little thing I found kind of by accident, which I'm not sure if it was intended or, or what the story is. Um, the other number one use, you know, major uh, functionality that I really like for Dropbox is the whole public link thing, where you, you know you can drag yeah. a file or files into the public folder, right click on it, get public link, paste it into an email, yep. and you're you're off and running. Um, what I found out inadvertently uh, using the iPhone app the Dropbox iPhone app, I wanted to do the same thing. And I thought to myself, gee, you know, I, 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 this file that I want to share isn't in my public folder. It's on It's in my Dropbox and I, I have yep. it right here, but uh, I can't, there's no means for me to just like pick it up and move it when I'm in the iPhone because it's, you know, it's more of a browser than a, than a manager. Sure. Um, so, but I noticed there was a little link at the bottom of the, of the screen uh, with a little envelope and an arrow. And I'm like, Oh, okay. So, so I tried it and it, it turns out that you can actually, you can email someone a link to any file in your Dropbox that you know sort of overrides the public versus private business, um, and I guess it expires after a couple of a weeks. Um, but I thought that was an interesting thing, and I, I don't know if you can do that in the Finder, and you know, right on right from the desktop, um, or maybe there's some cute little hack that I don't know. I about. always go onto the website to get the link. Yeah, I guess if you do it on the website, you can enough, do that though, too. Interestingly enough, though, you stuff just sitting in the root of my Dropbox here. Yeah. 
Yeah. I can't get a link to that's it. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It only you, works on the on the app. You mean? But if you go to the website or the phone app, you you still can. No, no, no. On the website, I can't. Oh, well then it it, it works on the phone. I yeah, can tell you that. I know because Claude did that a couple weeks ago to me to send me something. And he yeah. like sent me a link on the phone. Yeah. You know what else is interesting? If, if see you and I share a Dropbox folder uh-huh. and you call it something, you know, you call our Secuda's conversations. Yeah, I feel like at least on the website, it should have a little paren next to it saying shared with so-and-so like you know to make it really obvious because well it does have a little heads you know shared yeah yeah, know, yeah but I it doesn't folder. tell me who it's shared with and i've got well, you six- click on it once and then you can see who's sharing where does it say that if you click on it and, and then you there's a ch- there's a choice you know the pop you pop up that menu i'm not looking at it right now but at least maybe they've changed it but there was a way where you i think you you click on the you know the shared preferences or whatever or there's maybe there's a tab at the top shared folder remember. options and then it and then it'll show you here. Members, and it's like four clicks in. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like it should be like easier. this folder's with you and Joe Schmo. You know, like yeah. it would it would make sense. It's information. You know, totally. Um, so anyway. anyway, Dropbox, fantastic. I, yeah. I give you a big thumbs up on that. Word. So now your turn. What, what, what's one of your favorite things? It doesn't have to be a computer thing, by the way. Yeah, you know what? I think I'm going to go with a photo thing. Okay. Uh, and that is my 28 millimeter lens. Oh yes. My 28 1.8 is my go-to lens, bar none, take it any day of the week. Yeah, that's a fantastic lens. And it's funny because it's not that high end of a lens, and it's not the sharpest thing on the earth. But there's just something about the 28 millimeter focal length Mm -hmm. that makes me happy. Like, I see in that focal length now. Yeah. It's really funny. Um, So it's just, uh, I was shooting with it yesterday, actually, and I was just like, you know... As you know, I've shot that whole Drabbles project with it, including a number of things for magazines and all this stuff. So much so that I bet probably over half of the stuff in my portfolio was shot with that lens. That's um, great. And uh, it's not that expensive. What are these things, like $400, $300 and something? dollars? I'm sure it's not much. Yeah, it, c- considering what it is, it's it's great. Um, it's cool. That's, it's a 1.8, though. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised. That's That'd be more expensive if it were if Well, it were that it's, fast. A, it's a prime, right? So it's uh, – oops, I just banged that. No, but um, 1.8 is, is, is considered – I would consider fast. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's fairly fast, yeah. And it's actually got a decent build, too. Um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a hefty little fellow. Because I'm just comparing it to my my first experiences with a 28 were my old this is the old manual focus days. Uh, my dad had a Nikon. Nikon um, makes a 28, right? Uh, I think it was a 28, and then we had a th- I want to say with three five. Okay. Um, you know, not nothing groundbreaking. But what I loved about that lens was how just how small it was. It was just so yeah. small. It was like the smallest, lightest, littlest lens you could stick on your camera, and you're off and running. It was. Yeah, it's, nice. it's it's pretty it's pretty great. Now Nikon apparently made at one point a twenty eight one point four, right? Which is like huge. The thing yeah. is like a pound. It's which giant. apparently now goes for twice what it cost. Oh, easily more. I've heard it's weird. Like, they stopped for like making five thousand dollars. Yeah, and apparently they stopped making them because of something in the glass. I yeah, I've heard that it been... used some kind of weird leaded glass that, or some. I, I, from what I understand, there's some kind of crazy reason why they had to take it off the market. Yeah. Um, but I was just seeing how much this one is. Canon EF 28 1.4. Oh, that's expensive. It was like 800 Why is it so expensive? Right? 524. It wasn't 524 before. Well, there was an earthquake in Japan. I don't know if you heard about it. Yeah, I wonder if that's actually the thing, right? Well, I know the Nikon camera prices all went up to their list prices within the past couple of weeks. Oh, everything went back up, huh? Yeah. It true. is. It's $529 at, at, at uh, B&H. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. That's what happens, man. Anyway, if if you if anybody needs a nice decent wide angle lens, that's the one to get. Yeah, um, I would say it's a great starter or or a great I would use it as a second lens. Like I think, you know, I think we're we would probably both be in agreement that if you're getting started with photography and you're starting to build your collection, obviously a fifty millimeter is, you yeah. know, the best place to start. More but, important on a full frame camera. Yeah, of course. This fi- uh, this twenty eight would be really nice on a cropped camera. It's it would, it's kinda nice on it both. It would be like a you know? forty five. Yeah, which is actually just a little great. just a little wider than than uh, than a normal yeah. than a one to one. So yeah, I would I would agree. Um, with that for sure so yeah so that's that's a very very uh good one and you know just as a weird little alt other aside um i really love event monitors um, event oh oh yeah. you're talking about audio now speaker okay. yeah the little sure, powered sure. monitors yeah yeah um 
I used to be back in the day when they first came out. They were the uh, they had like these dual um, biamped model, the twenty twenties. Yeah, uh, yeah, and they sure. had and a passive version of the twenty twenties, eight inch woofer, one inch dome tweeter. Right, um, and they were what, like four or five hundred bucks a pop, right? Uh, a pair, actually, for that for that kind huh. of money. Nice. Um, and they well for the for the unamplified versions, the amplified versions were like five hundred bucks a piece. That's what I'm yeah. thinking. And they had a yeah. little like like a whitish blue LED in the yep. bottom. Yeah, and they you know it's like when I was in school. And like going to real studios and stuff. Everyone had these expensive Genelecs. Yeah, the Jennies, K- baby. Oh, I hated Genelec monitors. <laughs> Not They're as much as I dude. hated KRK. Those oh, those, those things are so stupid and ugly looking. They sounded they like look like ass the fucking too. Flintstones. It's like, yeah. what are we doing here? Come but it's on, funny dude. because I'll tell you, those event monitors I would take over any of the rest of the many. Like, I love the way they sound, and I feel like mixing stuff on them. If you can get it to sound good on those, then it's going to sound good. It's a very good middle of the road sound nice speaker. You know? No, totally. My my, uh, my my equivalent to those, um, I just sort of happened upon these, and it turns out that they're really really great. Are the uh, Yamaha MSP fives? Okay, which are basically the same thing. It's a five inch you know five inch driver powered. I want to say it's right. I don't know eighty watts. It's not yeah. not a lot. They're not super loud. I'm using um, the event the um, they're called tuned reference sixes right now. Uh-huh. Um, man, they're cheap. Uh, yeah, what's nice about the Yamahas, man, is that they're is they're, they're solid, man. Uh, I don't know if yeah. you remember. You know, you probably know this better than I do, but I remember when I was first just you know getting my feet wet in learning about what you know how how speakers worked and what made you know what what would, what a tweeter was and a driver and you know two way versus three way crossover blah blah blah. Um, one of the things that I remember my instructor uh, telling us about is that. Um, one of the one of the key components of of a, of a speaker is is the, is the magnet, yep. um, is you know part of the driver, and you know he 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 sort of gave his rule of thumb, and he's like generally speaking, if you you know if the speaker is heavy, the thing you know the heavier it is, you know it's it's a general measure of its quality. You know not to say that you know heaviest yep. is best, but generally speaking, if you pick up a speaker and it and it's got some heft to it, you're probably getting a pretty decent uh, piece of piece of work. Yeah, um, no, it's and. That's the thing. I mean, these are these are good. Uh, actually, you know what? Let me see. It's gonna say um, Event Electronics. They still. It's weird. Apparently, they redid their entire thing, mm-hmm. which is interesting. So anyway, what I was gonna say is that my little Yamahas, despite the fact that you know you could easily you, you can get a little bit more uh, easily misled by the weight of these things by the fact that they do actually have amps in them. Yeah. Um, so you know, when you pick this thing up, you're, remember you are picking up an amplifier, a heatsink, and a speaker. Um, but even still, I, it just I love the the size and and the sound, and then the I/O on the back. As far as you know, it's got balanced in and out XLR, mm-hmm. the whole the whole deal. Um, and it's uh, it's really cool. I'm, I've been pleased with them, and they've they've held up really really well in the in the seven or eight years that I've had them. It's amazing. Yeah, these event things are are really great. I. Uh fact they don't actually make them anymore so if you can find them you should surprise get them surprise <laughs> yeah all the good stuff they stopped making you ever notice that yeah that's well in some cases they still still make some other good things you know i i mean yeah, i know you're not a fan of these but um I, you know it's one of these things i sort of grew up with uh one of my very first pair of professional headphones were the uh the, tr- the traditional sony mdr uh, 7906s i think yep and i'm pretty sure they still make them and they still look and sound and feel exactly the same as they yep. did 10 or 15 years ago. I'm, I'm a um, Sennheiser 580 fan myself. Um, yeah. Although, wait, in, what do you use for in your headphones? You use your Apple headphones, don't you? No, I use those for talking on the phone. I have one of them in my use? ear right now. I have been a big Shure fan for the past 10 years or so. Which model? Um, whatever the, the, the nicer two-driver version is. They change the numbers all the time. I don't know. It's, it's like the $300 one. Um, it's... The dual, you know, the, not like the nice, the, not the super high end five hundred dollar dual driver. Sure. The one, the middle, like the low end dual driver. You know. Yeah. So that like they they have like a ninety nine dollar one, uh, a, a two hundred dollar one, and then the the one I'm talking about. I guess it's like they have a low end single and a and a high end single, and then they have a low end double and then a high end double. So I go with the low end double. Okay. And that's that's worked out really well for me. Uh, I'm I'm a big fan of the Eddie Modic. Yeah, those I know a lot of people that love those. Yeah, um, I used to have a pair of ER fours, which are the real high end ones, um, mm-hmm. which I loved. I had for a couple of years, and then I had them stolen. Oof! Yeah, at Who? Imogen Heap's house. <laughs> Who's that? 
Uh, she's a singer songwriter. Uh, mm-hmm. She's a Grammy winning singer songwriter. Um, in relation to Uriah Heep? No. Oh. Uh, yeah, Imogen is this kind of nutty British musician lady, and oh. I was at her 30th birthday party to take her picture oh. for 365 portraits. I got an introduction to her, and she's like, you should come to my party. Huh. So I happened to be over in England, and I, I went up to her party, and I checked my coat, and then they were gone from my inner pocket of my coat when I left. Oh, bummer. Um, which, were they in the, you had them in a cute little wallet-sized, like, pouchy thing. No, you? they were just rolled up in there. The thing oh, that's really? annoying is that they these things cost. These were $300 headphones, you know? Right, right, um, right, right. And so it was, just, it was painful. But oh, um, I can, I, I, it's, Dude, I lost my, my pair, my, my first pair of the, the Shures. They fell out of my pocket while I was walking or, or something. Oh, it was really annoying. frustrating. Yeah. The uh, I've replaced them with a pair of HF5, which are their sort of new middle upper range. They're like 120 bucks or something. Huh. Um, but they sound fantastic. And it's funny, interestingly enough, Heather uh, recently, she she broke her six ER6s, which were like the old low-end ones that cost like 75 bucks. Sure. And so in as a replacement, uh, we bought her the new low-end ones, which are these mc5s which have the microphone and the little buttons and everything in the cable Mm. um which didn't fit her ears nearly as well as the old ones so i sent Mm. them back and found one place that still had the old ones in stock oh nice uh so we ordered those but uh yeah anyway eddie modic headphones you know i've tried some of the shores like some 150 dollar pair of the shores once yeah uh personally i didn't like them yeah um you know a lot of people swear by them a lot of people swear by the ultimate ears stuff too yeah, even, I think not even down, the super super high end ones, but you know, it just comes down to what you're used to. I mean, what, the the reason I, I picked the Shores is because when I when I joined the the Baldwin Brothers, uh, I guess Jesus, it was like in 2001 or 2002. Yeah, um, I needed to, to get a pair of um, in ear headphones. Yeah, and uh, you know that there's that guy. Um, I can't remember his name anymore. Sensophonics is the is the, is the website sensophonics.com. Uh, and his office is in right in you know right in Chicago. So I uh, you know went for my my fitted appointment you know to get my hearing yep. tested to get my custom fitted uh, earplugs and then I also wanted to get um, some custom fitted custom fitted headphones you know monitors for for playing on stage. And he you know he was telling me well we have a couple of options. He he has like a deal with uh, Sure and one one or two other companies. I think he might even have his own like custom line but they're really freaking expensive like you know eight nine hundred dollars like the whole it's ridiculous yeah. I, have, like, I, I have molds for my ears for these but i don't like them yeah well the, the, the thing is you, you don't you want to i i would never use them walking around first of all because they look retarded and second of all because they actually they're way too they're way too isolating you know it's like when i'm walking yeah. around i want to be able to pull it in and out quickly you know I, I definitely appreciate the isolation especially on the train you know for some for a little bit i mean they give me what maybe like eight or nine db of protection yeah which is surprisingly enough i mean that's just enough so that you don't you know get blasted by the train sounds um but uh anyway he basically showed me like the earlier first gen versions of these uh you know in-ear monitors that sure made uh they, they were like tan colored and they had like the twisted braided wire they weren't all solid um and he's like i can make a a sort of a cover for these things uh and that that i think they were the e1s or whatever they were ec1 or ec3 i can't remember but they were really reasonably priced they were like 150 bucks maybe 200 bucks uh they were dual driver and my little uh you know whatever you want to call them uh, the little imprints or the you know whatever molds fit right over them and i just got really used to the way they sounded um so when i was ready to um upgrade i called up sure and i'm like oh i noticed you guys don't make this 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 version anymore what's what would you guys say the the you know what's the what's the the current you know iteration of that and then they recommended the one that i got which i can't remember what the name is it was like the 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 100 series or the 105 series or whatever and and they were great and they were exactly right it's like they looked and they looked way cooler because they were black and they had single you know single coil or whatever you want to call it like single solid wires and um and i found that i didn't really need to get the remolds the molds remade because they had much better fitting uh, inserts like three different sizes and different colors, like silicon versus yeah. rubber versus foam. Do you like um, the foam? Do you like the flanged ones? Which ones do you well, like to use? The I gotta say that nothing fits and sounds as good as the triple flange. 
but right. man, they're a fucking pain. <laughs> I mean, they're you get the, you got to get them way in there, and they sound awesome, yep. but but they're kind of a pain in the ass to take in and out. So it's the same with the Edimotic, but that's what I use. Yeah, I, I mean, I like the flange ones. I like it. I mean, but but I I would never use those for every. It drives use, me nuts. Even the fitted ones that I have, if I yeah. have them in, it sometimes. Yeah. It twists out of my ear just enough so that I can get a little oh, bit of air in. Oh, that's the worst. And it kind of yeah. ruins the whole thing. And you no, no, it's the worst. Stick yeah. it, you push it back in, and it pops out a minute later. And it's like, yeah. man, what it was sucks. the point of me spending $100 <laughs> for these things? You know? No, I, w- I, would, I use those when, uh, when I perform on stage now. Like, if, I, if I'm going to be performing with in-ears, I use the triple flange just because they, they stay in, first of all, because I get sweaty. Yeah. Uh, and second of all, they, they just sound – they provide the best – uh, isolation protection and sound all sort of all rolled into one. Yeah. Um, but for my day to day, I use that weird little hybrid foam. It's not the yellow, super soft, squishy foam. Uh, and it's not the black rubber, like silicon rubber stuff. It's like, it's like a, it's like black foam that's been coated in this like kind of sort of shiny plastic. Yep. yep. Um, and you know, they get a little gro- grody every once yeah. in a while. You got to clean them off. But uh, they stay, you know, I think I use the medium size for my ears. They come in three sizes, small, medium, and large, and they fit and feel really great. Then they have, I mean, I've been using them for years. They feel really good. That reminds me, I've got to go get some more, um, some new, do you have to change the filters on yours every once in a while? On my what? The headphones, uh, on the Edimotix, there's like a, a filter in the front of the driver that you, you occasionally gets gunked up with like earwax and that kind of stuff. And you're supposed to replace them. Oh, I don't think the Shures have... It's not replaceable. Oh, the yeah. Shures, you, it's like you a like, little tube. You like, they have a little tool that basically yeah. screws through it, and you pop it out, and you oh, put new ones in. That's cool. On the, on the Shures, you, you, you have... There's a... You know, the, the little thing... Whatever you want to call it. The headphone is actually just like a little tube. Yep. And then you have this little... Tu- like this tool that's kind of like um, like a micro microsized like paper clip. It's like it's teeny weeny scraper. It's like got a, got a hook on one side and then a loop on the other side. And you're basically... You just kind of go digging for gross earwax yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and scooping it so, out and that, that tends to do the trick i've got to go i've got to go order some new uh filters because mine are kind of shot actually i'm i'm i might be replacing mine at, at at last just because uh they're starting to short there's a short right in the like in the joint you know where the two headphones kind of come to the, together um yeah. and you know it's one of those things where it's like they're starting to cut out and it's just you know i think it's just a wear and tear issue i'm not sure if they're still under warranty or not i'm gonna call, i gotta call them up and see these these are some um, kind of gross subjects we're talking about right now. <laughs> well, uh, why don't we do? Why don't we choose one more thing each? Um, okay. Uh, the other thing I was going to talk. I'm, I'm probably going to write this up um, real quick. Let's see. Should I sh- choose a photo thing or uh, or a non-photo thing? What would non-photo thing be? Uh, Say non-photo. Okay. Um, that's actually kind of not a non-photo thing. Um. No, I'm going to choose this photo thing. Okay. I'm taking it back. Uh, one of my absolute favorite pieces of gear uh, is the the Bogan Manfrotto Magic Arm. Okay. Uh, there there are a couple of iterations of it. Uh, it's not a new product uh, by any means. I know they've been around for years and years. They've been rebranded and they come in a couple of different flavors as far as like lightweight versus heavy duty. But I'm just talking about the concept. Um, uh, if you, if you, if anyone out there just Google's, you know, Bogan I am magic arm. All right. So what does this do for me? Well, what this does for you and now, and I also put a caveat in here. It's not terribly useful on its own. Uh, it is most useful when it is teamed up with at least one, if not two, uh, Bogan super clamps, uh, or, or the, uh, the clips, um, Justin, Justin clamps. Uh, or clips or whatever they call them. Um, and it's basically, here's what it is. It's basically um, a two-segmented uh, multi, like a, almost like a universal joint kind of thing. So the, each segment, I'm going to ballpark it at, at nine inches. Uh, each segment is about eight or nine inches long. Uh, it's got a, a, a center joint in the, in the middle. Uh, and then on either end are uh, ball and socket style, uh, connectors, which are the same size as the standard. What is it? Five eighths. Um, you know, like the standard light stand, you know, top of a light stand, uh, sized, um, 
spigot, I guess you could call it. I can't remember what the or stud or whatever it is. Um, the kind of thing that you could easily clip a, a, an umbrella clamp or or a Justin clamp or you know it's it's that standard photo accessory gotcha. size. Um, what's really nice about that is that on one side, one is threaded for the the large European style. Uh, I guess that that's the five eighth uh, thread, and on the other side, it's the standard uh, quarter inch thread, like like uh, like on a like on a camera on the bottom of a camera. So you could theoretically um, screw tripod threaded things into either one. So if you had a, a tripod head um, that you wanted to screw into it, you could you could do that. Um, but what's really fantastic about it is that it this uh, it the the two ball and socket. Um, ends are are completely flexible uh they rotate 360 degrees and then it's even got like a notch so you can lock it at a at a 40 you know at a 90 degree angle or 45 degree angle you know so it's a a right angle i guess i would say uh and then once you get it into the position that you want you tension it down you tighten it down then there's two iterations of this i prefer what they call the variable friction model which is just a big knob that you turn but they also have a, a quick release model which is which is a tensioned lever um kind of like on a bicycle but it's even bigger it's like it, uh, the, the little knob or sorry the little lever kind of looks like um like the kind of lever that you would use uh you'd find on the underneath underside of a of a, of an office chair to release the pneumatic right. thing um and it's basically just like this friction it, it's got like kind of a ramp to it and you just kind of twist it about i don't know 45 degrees you know about maybe maybe a quarter turn uh and then uh and then it locks into place you know it gets harder as you turn it and then it snaps into place um but i prefer the ones with the with the variable tension so that i can i can tighten it and loosen it and you know get it just right um and man i've i've used these things you know in in a couple of different um situations uh what's really cool like they're really great for clipping to an existing light stand. So if you need an extra, you want to hang an extra thing off of the stand and you don't want it to be right on the stand. Like it actually, it could be, it could serve as a poor man's boom, uh, for, for, you know, reasonably weighted items. You, uh, you see a lot of guys out, uh, in the field, use them for cameras. Um, you can actually, you know, it's, it's sturdy enough and strong enough that you could put a good 10 pound camera rig on there. Um, and it's not going to go anywhere. Um, you know, sports guys use it to to put up remote cameras, like in the rafters or you know in in you know on the bleachers or you know in a viewpoint where they wouldn't want to be sitting normally sure. for a remote from a remote camera. Um, the other funny thing that I, I I find it extremely useful for uh, is on a drum set. Um, I play with a uh, an electronic uh, you know sampler trigger pad thingy so, so you figure i don't know if anybody remembers the old roland octopad or the drum awesome. cat love the octopad yeah octopads drum cats roland spds series i like samplers. the drum cat ones i have a drum cat uh still it's with the little mouse in. ears yeah the mickey mouse thing it weighs <laughs> a damn ton man i think weighs a good like 15 pounds they still make those uh they don't but you can still get them um there's a company called alternate mode that bought that stuff and there's still get me wrong. There's still people out there using them, but the cat company from Cambridge or Massachusetts or wherever the hell they were from is uh, is long gone. But uh, the product lives on, and they, they have some interesting stuff. Uh, anyway, um, f- positioning these things sometimes positioning something on a drum set can be a real hassle. Um, it, I mean, hardware has come a really long way, obviously, over the years uh, with you know various boom arms and multi clamps and and you know cymbal stands and what have you. But um, there's just something really awesome about this, like total freedom where you you literally you know you clamp the the one end of it to an existing stand or tripod or whatever and then you get your thing in this case my my little drum pad i get that you know i I hold it with one hand and i position it on the drum set where i want it and then with my other hand i just reach over and i and i tighten down the knob uh to where i want it and and like it's perfect like the the whole thing the distance the angle it it is it's capable of putting it exactly where i want it um, and that's what's really cool about it. It's basically like having this awesome second helper hand. Um, so our, here's another uh, example. We use them um, actually. Detouch uses them in the field for the uh, for their laptops um, to help hold up the the big fancy hood. Like like let's say you're in the middle of uh, you know out in the daylight and your you know your computer set up on a tripod and then you have the little you know the little um, 
hood the computer hood to you know to cover up your laptop to keep the mm-hmm. the sun out but then you know you need to keep the sun that's behind you out as well you know so so what they do is they actually have the the computers in its own little sort of cocoon and then there's you need to have your own cocoon for yourself so what they do is they use a magic arm just sort of magic uh, super clamped to the, the laptop plate and then it's extended above them suspending um, you know just a, a big black and silver light you know light resistant uh, shroud or hood or whatever you want to call it sure um, and you know and it's it's it, it's not terribly heavy but you need someone to sit there and hold it up you know you could sit there with your left arm and your you know over your head like a like an idiot you know getting this thing out of your way or you could just screw this thing into place and, and it does the job and it's it's super handy so not cheap 100 bucks no, yeah, well, you can get it for like eighty-five if you look, but yeah, between a super clamp and you know one or two super clamps, a magic arm, um, you know, you can you can use it to hold up flags or reflectors. Sure. Um, yeah, I would say yeah, you're looking at at least a hundred bucks for a, a useful, a fully useful kit. Um, but man, um, I, I got lucky, and I, I, when I was stocking up about two years ago on on photo gear, I found this guy who sold uh, who was selling like selling off his studio basically, and he just bunched a bunch you know put a bunch of things together in lots like whole whole lots of stuff so i think i was able to pick up four or five of the things with a, like another box of like seven or eight super clan just like a ton of stuff like easily yeah. seven or eight hundred dollars worth of stuff and i wound up getting it for like 250 bucks or something like that sweet and then i wound up selling off half of it you know just just because i didn't need all that stuff yeah so i came out came out quite a quite a ways ahead on that and i never looked back so big big ups for me on magic the, arms ma- huh? magic arm absolutely okay uh, they also make miniature versions of them too. Uh, they're really, you know, the other really uh, common use for them. I don't know if you've ever um, hung out with guys or been able to get your get close to uh, uh, digital cinema cameras like Reds or or Alexas or mm-hmm. you know those sorts of or even even the, you know the five D Mark IIs in the video world. Um, what what's very common is for these cameras to uh, uh, because you know. The L- they don't have terrific viewfinders. These things get uh, LCDs, external LCDs. Um, so what'll happen is you you know you want to be able to position that little. It's like you know what, like a four or five inch LCD um, with the with the image on it, and you want to position that depending on how the camera is being held or or maneuvered. Like if it's on a if it's on a jib or a crane or a slider or a tripod or whatever or handheld, you want to you want you, you, that screen needs to be in just the right spot. So there's this baby. It's like a little baby version of it. Um, I think they actually I think the industry nickname for it is the Israeli arm <laughs> nice. as opposed to magic arm. I don't know why, but, um, but yeah, they're, they're really calm. same exact design, but just micro-sized, like, you know, uh, like a, a one fifth scale, I would say. Uh, and it's still super cool and useful. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, I never find more? myself needing, uh, I have a little clamp. The only thing I ever use it for is to keep seamless paper from rolling off. You know? Oh, sure, sure, sure. Um, but other than that, I don't clamp a lot of stuff. But there's a lot of guys who, like, will clamp speed lights all over the place. Yeah, um, for cl- clamping speed lights. And the other thing is, like, let's say you have a light and you want to put um, a, refl- uh, a diffuser disc, you know, like a, one of those collapsible yeah. discs. This is the kind of thing where you can you can have someone hold it for you or yeah. you can put this thing in front of it. Clamp and it'll, it'll Yeah, and it's really nice if you just need that extra pair of hands. Um or, I think for my last one, I think I'm going to go for the uh, soft lighters. Oh, yeah. Those are great. Seriously, for the money, uh, like, no brainer. Um, I have a number of soft boxes and and octa boxes and all that kind of stuff, but eight or nine times out of ten now, I just use one of these uh, Fotec soft lighters. Yeah. um, Which are basically umbrellas that you bounce into and then you put this diffusion panel over the front of it so the flash shorter goes inside it bounces on the umbrella it comes back out but before it hits anybody it's just this uh, this diffusion panel and basically what you end up with is a softbox like light but in the size of an umbrella right so it's basically like you take an umbrella and then as if you were to sort of seal off the umbrella from you know yeah. from the from the outside like if you were to put a, a cover on the inside of the umbrella. Yeah. And I have, uh, I've got a 60 inch, I've got a 42 inch or whatever it is and or 45 inch or whatever the hell they make. Um, mm-hmm. and then I've got a 32 inch and I'll tell you, um, you know, we shot those couple of people a week and a half ago. You came and helped me with that one guy and we used the pro photo through the 40 something inch. Mm-hmm. 
Um, the next day, I went alone and shot the guy, and I shot Speedlight through the 32-inch or 36-inch, mm-hmm. uh, which is what we use a lot, actually, on Drabbles. We use the 36-inch, because rolled up, it fits into my little backpack. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? I really can't even tell the difference between the two. <laughs> wow. one, one is one is $400 worth of lighting. The other is $2,500 worth of lighting, and you know, other than power, but even then speed lights are pretty damn powerful. Surprisingly. So anyway, true. the, the point of this is that uh, a lot cheaper than uh, a soft box. In fact, these things go for they're, yeah, you they're, can get the whole thing for like 60 bucks. I think, right? Yeah. They're, they're cheap. Let me yeah. See. Not bad. Uh, I, I picked one up too. I mean, just, yeah, just to sort of further that. I think you and I have the very same large one. I, I picked up that Fotec. Um, you have 60 the 60. I have the 60-inch umbrella, and then you can get the soft lighter as an add-on, which I think was like another 30 bucks or something like that. Yeah, um, the 36-inch the is 50 bucks. The 46-inch is 60 bucks. The 60-inch uh, is not here, but it's, it's it wasn't ex- that much it was, more. It was well under 100 bucks. Yeah, it's like 79 bucks or 80 yeah, bucks. It was pretty cheap. Bucks. It was pretty cheap. Um, but for the you know for a 60-inch a 60-inch Octabox. <laughs> would cost you a hell of a lot more than 80 it's bucks. It's true. It's true. Um, um, anyway, the, th- the only downside I have to it is that, at least on the Alien Bees strobes, yeah. if I use them, yeah, uh, the smaller ones are the middle sock part that goes over the strobe is not yeah. big enough to fit over the Alien Bees. Yeah. It's fine on the white lightning. It's fine on Profoto and all that kind of stuff, and it's no, fine it's with it's speed lights. But alien the alien bees are big. Are, yeah, they're, well, they're they're they have a large cross section. They're actually you know they're fairly small overall, but because no, but they're the, short, the body of the thing is big. Yeah, you but know what I would probably do if big. I were you is I would use the standard whatever the seven inch reflector, and then yeah. just kind of sandwich it in on that. It's just because yeah. you don't want you don't want the thing to touch the bulb. Obviously, yeah, just, I've tr- I've tried that and that kind of works, but it's still yeah. a little weird. Anyway, the the point is that. Uh, unbelievable value for what you get um yeah yeah for sure i mean I a, actually, a little one of those in a with a speed light and like a little umbrella holder thingy umbrella bracket on a on a stand yeah and you're set you're, you're all you're done i picked up there's this company on ebay that sold stuff for super cheap like a chinese reselling company called m vona or m nova or something like okay. that i can't remember i don't think they do it anymore but um they had a, a basically a, a non-removable version of that um, Interesting. So I think I have like a 27 inch umbrella and, and like the soft lighter is like hard sewn into the umbrella. So it's, it's like a one trick pony, yeah. but it, it sets up even faster. Like it's, and it basically just, you know, has a, it has the hole instead of, you know, being like just a simple little hole, it's actually got a hole with the zipper and a little drawstring. So, you know, it's big That's enough cute. that you can stick your thing in there and then, you know, zip it tight so that it's not leaking light. Um, and I, 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 that's the smallest one of those I have. And I, I definitely use that from time to time. I should use it more just because it's, it's a really great way to make, you know, a big light. I'm sorry, a little light, really, really big and soft. Yeah. It's, um, and you know, for the money, it's, it's, and it's, it's so small. It's and stupid good. Yeah. Um, it's real good. Uh, in fact, interestingly enough, the uh, place that makes them, or at least the Fotec company that sells them is about a half mile down the street from where my father used to have a record store. <laughs> I saw the address and it said Ansonia, Connecticut. And I was like, God, there's got to be. And I went and looked up the address and I'm like, I know where that is. I used to drive by it all the time to go to work. I didn't realize that they're American. That's great. Yeah, they're they're in Connecticut apparently. By the way, uh, soft lighter, $79 for the 60-inch. With umbrella and the actual yeah. diffuser. That's yep. great. Unbelievable. Anyway, so check those out. Yeah. Um, well, those are pretty good picks, I think. Yeah, I think we're making up for. You know, let's make a let's make a list of those, and we'll I'll put them. I'll do a blog post with those as show notes. Okay. Well, yeah. you, you you let me. Know. I mean, I, yeah. I will. All right. We'll 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 talk. You after you you, and, you make links to all the stuff that you listed, and I'll make links to the stuff I list. Okay, I'm trying That's to remember what I, li- what did I what did I list again? Uh, what was you my know, stuff? It's like that. I don't. I, I remember I talked about Dropbox. <laughs> I yeah. talked about the the magic Dropbox, arm, the arm thing. I, what, I feel like there's something in the middle. Oh, we're talking about headphones, headphones and speakers and sheet. Yeah, you okay. like the yeah. So we'll cool. get there. Okay. All right, that was a fun one. <laughs> yeah. We uh, we will see you next week in episode 31, I guess. Yes. Oh, hey, by the way, just as an aside, tonight uh, we went out to dinner with somebody who I think should be a guest next time or soon. We have a um, handful of people who we don't want. We want to yeah, be a guest. This guy is a particle physicist at the Linear Accelerator at Stanford. Oh, so I think it might be fun. Cool. He's he's pretty nerdy and he's a nice guy. I like nerdy nice guys. Yeah. So we'll do that. 
so till next time, uh, you guys have a good day, and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening. All right, bye.